Welcome to the Prodigal and the Priest podcast, a podcast about faith, sports, and two friends from different cultures. Here are your hosts, Joey Scansella and Father Paul Bechter. Father Paul, what's up? How much? How you doing, man? Good. How are you? Doing pretty great. So. Killing it. Killing it. As they say. <laughs> now nah, I'm a little tired. Who says that? <laughs> they say things. <laughs> they. You like our uh, Mario and Luigi hat? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They were a gift. <laughs> so this is another reason to go watch us on our YouTube channel. Um, because then out. you can see our Mario. You say Mario. That's weird. I do. Um, that's what we say in it, uh, yeah. Italy, <laughs> in, uh, <laughs> in New Jersey, um, in the Northeast. Oh, yeah. yeah? Well, I can play this. <laughs> <laughs> I, In case people are unaware, right before, I've been researching ways because I have the drops on my computer. He's always been in control of the drops. I've had no access to the drops. Because I put all the effort and work into <laughs> creating the drops and also run the program off my computer. Not because I'm like egocentric and just want to control the it's drops. a little bit of a power trip. Okay, anyway. And so I've been researching ways and we found this app that we also use for our cameras in the church. It's called Stream Deck Elgato. And I was like, I think I found a way that we can both hit drops but i'm probably going to regret this and so is our audience no i think everybody's really happy with it <laughs> see see there you go i played that i just played that drop aren't you isn't it gratifying yeah the only thing is i wish that we had more and that they were better edited but other than that okay oh. <laughs> all <laughs> right we're done here. There, there's our episode we're done <laughs> december <Merry Christmas>, <laughs> that's right december 23rd <laughs> this is the christmas edition this of our, our podcast um most of you are listening on December 23rd, or maybe you've opened up presents, and the next thing you wanted to do was to open up your podcast and just listen to a little Some prodigal. Easy the listening. On Christmas Day. What better? Hard-hitting questions. Profound. Thoughts. Thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> so, I figured we'd give a few reflections on Christmas Day. Okay. Jesus is born. and we're done done. i'm just kidding i'm just kidding so we're about to celebrate christmas man we're in full swing here at saint anne's i mean for you as a priest for me as a youth minister although we don't have youth ministry on christmas day i've somehow undertaken a lot of av responsibilities so i'm up here just as much if not more than you on christmas eve as well um you know and we have some hot takes on christmas it is interesting one thing i want to bring up and one of my friends was asking me and I'd be curious to start the Christmas edition with this. When did it become so popular, or is it that I just didn't notice it, that most Protestant churches, non-denominational churches, a lot of mega churches around mm. us, don't even have a service on Christmas Day? Yeah, it's amazing. Is it, That seems new to me. Is it, or has it always been? I don't know. My... So I've definitely noticed that that's the thing. Okay. Um, I haven't, I don't have much to compare it to since I didn't grow up in the States and wasn't like watching sort of the evolution of Protestant churches right. and their approach to Christmas uh, over the years. But my thought was that 
it's kind of a cultural thing in America. Um, actually, and this might be kind of controversial to, to approach it like this, but um, I think it's accurate. So maybe it's good to be provocative. Um, yeah. I remember having a conversation with a seminarian friend of mine who had been talking to some of his friends and I think he was asking a similar question. Like, why are there so many Catholic masses on Christmas Eve and so few people come to mass on Christmas Day? Yeah. Relatively. Um, And his friend was like, well, Christmas is really a family holiday, not a religious holiday. It's a family holiday first, religious holiday second. That's what this friend said. That's what... The person that the seminary. The person. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Sorry, I was too, like too many layers here. But we're now kicking him out of seminary. But no, <laughs> yeah. I was like but a seminarian said that he was he was kind of <laughs> stunned by that, and then he was like, you know, that kind of is, I think, what most people think. Like, yes, this is a time to get together with your family and to have the Christmas morning, open yep. the presents, and everything. And yes, it's obviously a religious holiday, but we kind of want to get that part out of the way almost yep even if we're doing like like i i don't want to come off as as like too judgy or mm. anything in saying this like there can be a lot of good motives uh yeah. to to do i don't know uh, say 5 p.m on christmas eve right and then have right. the rest of the time with your family like that sounds really nice right um i understand that but i do think it's like it shows us something about our priorities, which is very interesting. And I'd always just thought that Protestant churches had like accepted that as the reality fully and mm-hmm. catered to it right. to be like, why bother having something on Christmas Day when not that many people come right. in our culture on Christmas Day? Right. Um, and there's something to be said that these other churches, there's not an obligation, so to speak, right? Not even like that, even even following the commandments, their understanding of keep holy the Sabbath isn't necessarily like go to church on Sunday all. It is like treating yeah. that day as a Sabbath, but not necessarily that you can't make it to church. Okay, you're still trying to have a Sabbath as a Catholic. And we're talking in non-COVID times, obviously, yeah, because obviously. right now obligation has been removed. Is that pretty much across the sta- United States? I want to say that there are a few dioceses that have brought it back. Okay. Um, and that they did so when COVID was kind of at a lower point. Got it. Right at the end of the summer. Got it. I don't know what the current status of things are in yeah. those other dioceses. Just checking. But with, you know, in non-COVID times, you know, we we encounter, obviously there is an obligation to go. It's a, you know, holy day and all of this. But I, I do feel a lot of churches, I remember the church in New Jersey I grew up at, the music, the hospitality, everything was like magnified on Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. And then Christmas Day you went and you're like, did the savior of the world, was he just born? Or because <laughs> I got like, you know, some guy named Ralph do, playing the organ, like he's about to keel over and the music is terrible and the priests are tired saying like, well, I just had to do the midnight mass and I put all my energy, almost like being like, yeah. I put all my energy into Christmas Eve and I'm like, I'm trying to set the precedent for my children. Nikki and I talk often being like, we want to make it known that Christmas Day is a big day that we celebrate. Yeah, we may open gifts. We'll spend time with family. We'll have a meal and all this. But we go to church because we celebrate like the reason for the season, you know, like Jesus Christ is born. And so I don't know. That was a rant. Yeah. (laughs) No, it's 
It's an interesting thing. Even, I mean, I'll just be fully honest, uh, last year, my homily for Christmas Day was an afterthought compared to my homily for Christmas Eve. Mm. And I remember being actually taken aback by how many people were at that Christmas Day Mass. I don't know if it was the 10 or the noon that I celebrated last year. Right. Um, and I think actually my homily turned out pretty well. I, I remember um, talking about the panis involutum, the, the Latin phrase um, that plays on the swaddling cloth. Um, oh and yes, yes, bread and the panis angelicus, and and you actually and talked about the sisters too, and the story of yeah. how much they, uh, which good, we can, we can, memory. we have we shared that on the podcast. We should share that story so. in, in a minute. We will, but yeah, go ahead, finish that um, thought about the homily. Yeah, so, so I mean, I don't, I don't think I mailed it in or anything like that, but it was an afterthought, and it almost took me by surprise, just compared to all the focus that was on Christmas Eve. It's like, okay, normally when I'm preparing a homily. You've prepared for Sunday, all the focus is on that, and then after that there's a little bit of a break, but mm-hmm. with this, because I had two different homilies last year, one for Christmas Eve, one for Christmas Day, it was like, oh, oh yeah, that's right, tomorrow's a thing too. Right, <laughs> um, right. It's just, and and so I, I share that to, to, to really say like, look, I'm not passing judgment on this, I just, it's... It's in our culture, and I'm not sure if I like it. Right. Um, well, but it, it's in in my culture too. Yeah, and we hear from John Paul too. You know, there is a he talks about a phrase of like living, you know, in the world but not of the world during his papacy. Um, yeah, Jesus said that too. I doubt it. But um, <laughs> so going with that, before you share that story about the nuns and, and sharing, I, I love that story, so I can't wait for it. But I just have to ask it then if we're called to be in the culture and this is what we know people are going to do, right? Because for the most part, you know, yes, there will be a handful of people that go on Christmas and we're not going to, I'm not saying we're eliminating Christmas day masses. We would never do that. But should we go then all out? If that's what kind of is the tendency in the area to like to meet the culture where they're at and they're going to then choose somebody else if we don't rise to the occasion right. on Christmas Eve. But are we then feeding into it? I'm like personally yeah, torn. Perpetuated. Yeah. I, like, I, um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that before we share a little heartwarming story? I think it's the, the you're really building that story up. <laughs> yeah, it's, a good it's story probably, up. it's um, probably nothing, but, <laughs> but I think it's a, the same kind of thing with holy days of obligation during the week and do you move them to a sunday um and so lose the distinctive character of like there being days that are important (laughs) um solemnities that are obligatory for everybody uh for whom it's not impossible to attend mass um during the week that's that's hard to do when you're not in a like a catholic enough culture right and it seems like for many, many people, uh, they just can't get off work, and we can't hold mass at at a decent, like an early enough or a late enough or the right. right time for them to be able to attend. So we're setting up this expectation that they can't really fulfill. Right. Uh, it's it's a similar kind of thing. Like, so do we stick to holy days of obligation during the week and just be like, we need to be countercultural here? Um, or do we say we need to meet our people 
where they're at and where they're at is in large part determined by the culture and that's not their fault um, and work within that. Yeah. I, I have the same tension about this and I don't know exactly the answer. Maybe looking at it from like a, the broad perspective mm. isn't actually that useful in this case. Right. Um, and it's more just like on the ground trying to make all of Christmas because you can extend it to the octave too, right? Right. Like nobody even thinks about the octave of Christmas, but like that's supposed to be every day is liturgically Christmas. You know, um, I had I had one boss, uh, one pastor who actually gave his people off. Like you were you worked Christmas and you're expected to be there, you know, greeting or participating or doing that, but you got off the octave. It was kind of cool. That is kind of cool. It was also tough you know, in certain ways. But so yeah. what about an option C? Because what I am thinking is it's tough. You have a lot of people who in non-COVID times, obviously not trying to judge, but just stating the facts. I don't really think they're looking to go to mass. They're going to mass because grandma right. or grandpa or whoever, or mom or dad is this guilting is them. Do. Yeah, this is what we do. I wish we had almost if you follow me for a sec, a service type option that is like maybe some music, a message, but it's like then the focus, because what is the mass for? It is for the insider disciple who is called to be formed in that and fed and to go out, right? So I don't know. I'm torn if there's like, is there another option to say, could we have something that is not a mass for the people that it's, they probably shouldn't, <laughs> you know, be receiving or anything like that and putting that, you know, it's, it's, I'm sounding so judgy, which is no, fine. No, no, no. I, I would prefer to see like a better understanding of what it means to go to mass without receiving communion. That's um, true. Because but think, people are awkward about that. People are very awkward. And I don't think like just the physical setup of a church with pews helps. And um, with ushers going, and with go ahead, come and on. <laughs> and so that opens up a whole nother discussion. Of Dude, we go like Europe, just let it go, man. free form. If you've never been to Europe and received communion. It's chaos. Yeah, like just communion starts and you just, it's just a free for all. There's no like by the pews, like yeah, first People go mass. whenever they want. <laughs> and uh, that's partly a cultural thing. Right. Just an absolute disregard for lines and. <laughs> and law and order but um, it's kind of nice that it's but somebody doesn't, it doesn't feel guilty somebody yeah. into getting into a line and that happens a lot um where people receive even though they know they shouldn't right um but part of that so part of that is the structure part of it is also just i think like maybe a consumer attitude which is very formed by our culture, consumerist mentality. Yeah. Like, what do I get when I come here? Right. Th okay, this is this is what I get. I get Jesus. And even when it's done with the most reverence, you see Mass as like an opportunity to receive Jesus, whereas Mass has this this infinite uh, value on its own. And right. frequent reception of communion is it's an incredible gift that we have, but it's a relatively recent gift in the history of the church. Yeah. Um, and until that extension... Um, of permission to receive communion daily and even encouragement. Um, I think it was much easier for people to see the value in going to mass without receiving communion, which, right. yeah. So that, that leads us down kind of a different track. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But share the but yeah, sh- like, share the big story. So the huge story. So you're talking about the the baby Jesus yeah. story, the Bambino Jesu. Yeah. Okay. I said mass for these. It is a nice story. I Bambino. Said, yeah. I said Love mass it. for these these sisters in Italy all the time, and they were just wonderful, and they had this devotion <laughs> to the baby Jesus, which I didn't realize until it was like Christmas time, and they made such a big deal of <laughs> of like making sure that I was aware of the things I had to do um, at the, the midnight mass and at then the during the Christmas <laughs> octave um, that related to like the little baby Jesus they'd put in the little manger. Um, there was one kind of underneath the altar and then there was a bigger baby Jesus kind of like arm length or like fingertips to elbows, mm-hmm. a cubit length, um, <laughs> mm-hmm. wooden baby Jesus in a manger uh, off to the side and so they had those two and they had them covered with this little white cloth um, and then during the Gloria which is the first time uh, you've sung the Gloria outside of particular feast days like Immaculate Conception and stuff mm-hmm. um, the first time you said the Gloria all Advent is at Christmas at the midnight mass uh, for them they didn't yeah. have like an earlier vigil and um so they wanted me to take that little white cloth off. So now, like, baby Jesus is here. And they... Which, got, disclaimer, if you have an actual baby, don't put a cloth over its face. That's just a good practice. I'll take practice. your word for it. That's sounds, a good practice as a parent. <laughs> Wait, do they ring bells? Did they yeah. ring bells at Yeah, this? they went big on, oh, on yeah. all the things. That would be awesome. Let's yeah, what, do that. And so, like, there were, like, three of them that came into the sacristy beforehand uh, to, like, remember... The cloth. Padre. <laughs> non dimenticare il bambino Gesù. Like, don't forget the do baby Jesus. Do not forget the baby Jesus. And I was like, no, no, no. Like, you got it. I'll, I'll remember. And then the Gloria starts and barely started. And already, like, without me, some sister was like tapping on my shoulder, like, Padre, bambino Gesù. And it was so funny. Like, they would have oh never gosh. come up and done anything like that ever until the baby Jesus was involved. And then all bets were off. <laughs> They're up in the sanctuary, like Bambino Jesu, don't forget. And so, so I took the little cloths off them, and you know, baby Jesus is here, great. And so I finished mass, and they had another request, which was before I processed out, they wanted me to hold that cubit length wooden baby Jesus, yes. and they would come up and like kiss the baby Jesus, and then like wipe the spot with a purificator, kind of like veneration of the cross on right. Good Friday. Um, and so, which is kind of cool beautiful custom like they were really into it it was awesome yeah um but before like i was able to even think about leaving they were already lined up like like i was not going anywhere um without them reverencing the baby jesus and so that was christmas i went and said mass for them throughout the octave yeah. um and like the second day uh, they were like, well, you know, it's still the octave. Like, could we reverence the baby Jesus after mass again? And like, they, they wanted to do Every that day. basically <laughs> all throughout the octave because <laughs> it was like the best time of the year Yeah, um, for them. And it was just so endearing and beautiful. And they, the little manger where they had laid that kind of bigger baby Jesus uh, in the corner of the sanctuary, they had these Christmas lights um, may, sort of like illuminating the whole thing and they'd set them on 
the glow setting so it would like get warmer and then softer and so it looked like i still have a little video of it that it looked like the baby jesus was enthroned on jellyfish <laughs> because they would turn they would dim the lights in the chapel and then pray after mass like, wow, and i'd just wow. be back there kneeling looking at this like ring ring just <laughs> jellyfish throne for the newborn king um so that's that's my my story about Italian piety and the Christmas crush. They came up with the Christmas crush as St. Francis of Assisi. But one reason I wanted you to tell that is because at the end of the day, folks, we can joke, we can have these debates and different things, but that is the reason. Like that, I love that story because these nuns know that the Christ child came into the world to ultimately die for us and to redeem us from our sins for our sins. And that is what Christmas is about. Um, Yeah. That is the reason that we go to mass. That is the reason that we try to make the focus not on material things and presence and all of this, but on truly Jesus coming into the world to ultimately die for us. Yeah. You know, and and you could, you could say it's a family holiday, but it's a family holiday with everybody not looking at each other, but together looking and adoring like the Magi and the shepherds, uh, yeah. the newborn king. And it, I, I just have this little reflection too, if I may. Please. I think I've experienced it a little bit in the aspect that a lot of us may say, well, it's hard, babies don't do a lot, they just eat, they cry, you know, they sleep, they do this. But there is such a wonder about them. And I've experienced this, obviously, having a new child, Sophia, a few months old, with the other children. Okay, so Dominic and Francesca, they just always light up around her. They always want to be around her. They want to be in her face. They want to talk to her. They want to say something. They want to do something that makes her smile or makes her laugh or hopefully not makes her cry or this. There's a wonder around the child, and I wish that people had that same wonder at Christmas when looking upon our Lord. That's a beautiful reflection. And I want to um, encourage people, if they've never heard it before, there's a song called O Monium Mysterium, mm. O Great Mystery by Morton Lauridson. Yeah. It's it's polyphony. We sang it in seminary. It's one of the most beautiful Christmas songs I've ever heard. And the words themselves and also the arrangement that this composer has given to it capture i think as well as i've ever heard musically that kind of wonder and silent adoration yeah um even the words themselves they come from uh from the liturgy of the church for for christmas eve yeah uh, for midnight mass well not midnight mass for um part of the the office but one of the responsories but omanium mysterium et admirable sacramentum yacentum in precepio like oh great mystery and marvelous or admirable sacrament like the mystery of this child laying in a manger with the animals looking upon him and it's a you you should go go look that up it's called omanium it looks like magnum uh, mysterium Maybe we can even link it in our YouTube page. Hey. I'll I don't know how to pray do about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. 
Hey, we haven't done this in a while. We'll finish with this. Reading, watching, thinking. Um, I'll go first. Um, so um, still reading Pope's encyclical. Tootie. <laughs> fratelli Tutti. Fratelli Tutti. I, I almost said Tutti Fratelli. Tutti Fratelli. Um, All the brothers. So I'm reading that, watching. I don't know why my my wife had watched this series on Netflix and, well, I do know why. Um, the West Wing. Have you ever watched The West Wing? Yeah, you Political brought that up series. before. Um, I kind of hate myself for always being into politics at one point in my life. I'm not mm. so much anymore, but I think it just appeals to my workaholic personality that I see these people in politics that don't have a life and just work so hard. And, uh, anyway, and, uh, thinking, um, yeah, I am hoping that I'm, I'm thinking two things, just praying that anybody who does come to church um, especially at our parish encounters the Lord in a profound way this Christmas. Um, second is, um, if you all wouldn't mind, I have a great aunt, um, Estelle, we call her aunt Stell, and, um, she's like a grandmother to me. Um, she's in her final hours. And so, um, if you wouldn't mind saying a prayer for her, that would be greatly appreciated. And, uh, yeah. What, what about you reading, mm-hmm. watching, thinking? I am, well, first of all, Pray for your great, great Anna still. Thank you. Um, I am reading the, uh, it's called Jesus and the Jewish Roots of Mary. It's a Brant Petrie book. He's got these, I've recommended him yeah. his stuff before on here. Um, he, he's got a couple different books called Jesus and the Jewish Roots of, and then he'll explore a topic. And I, I think they're always, they're always very kind of, accessible and simply written for a broad audience but there's always stuff in there that I'm like man I've never heard that that's really awesome and I remember a long time ago it was uh two years two years ago I bought this on audible and was walking around listening to it when I was uh in Jerusalem (laughs) and in Bethlehem that's Um, awesome I was leading a retreat for some or I was leading I was involved in leading <laughs> a uh, sort of sabbatical for some priests, uh, which was interesting because yeah. I was way younger than them. But I did have kind of like, okay, we got to go now because I was a tour guide is what I was. Um, and uh, I remember during some free time where they're doing spiritual stuff and I wasn't needed because I was like the archaeological tour guide because I'd studied that stuff. Nice. And, but they wanted a priest to do it. It, it was good. Um, I remember listening to this book, walking around Bethlehem, just doing laps and stuff, walking around and thinking about Mary around that sort of time of Christmas and everything. I think it was just after Christmas when I was there. Um, but anyway, so I read a lot of this book way back then and then just looked at my audible thing the other day cause I finished a different book and realized I'd never finished it. So I started listening to it again. It's really good. Like it's really good. There's stuff in there that I have never heard before. Um, And I want to get a print copy of it so I can actually master that material because I think it's, it's stuff that people need to hear. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so that's a long answer to what am I reading? Uh, Jesus and the Jewish Roots of Mary by Brant Petrie. Um, 
watching. I don't really know if I have a good answer to that. I haven't watched much. Um, not even golf last weekend. I watched a bit of the Cowboys game. Mm. And they won. Pulled it out. Dude, I think Cowboys have a legit chance to make the playoffs. They do. Our teams face each other this weekend. It's going to be Eagles, amazing. It's going to be Both big. Both with our backup QBs and stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, well, he, our backup may be, <laughs> may be our your, starter. Yeah, he, he's your franchise <laughs> QB now. Don't say uh, that. <laughs> yeah. And then, so I guess I will be watching that, hopefully. Um, mm. And then uh, thinking... I don't know. I don't know if I have a good answer to that either. Um, I'm kind of in this weird position right now of I have a decent amount of work to do to prepare for Christmas, but it's all sort of different stuff than I would normally be doing. Right. Um, Because a lot of the normal operations have calmed down and people are on break and stuff. Um, But with people being on break, there's more university students back. Yeah. People want to see you spiritual direction or talk or, you know, yeah. hang out. Yeah. A lot of good stuff. So, yeah, I'm just, I guess I'm just thinking about preparation for Christmas, which is cool because that's what Advent's for. Yeah. Um, and maybe even thinking about how I can't wait until my favorite time of the year, which is uh, the evening, the late evening of Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. Um, after the kind of very busy Christmas Eve masses and but before the midnight mass there's mm. always this several hour gap and it's not really long enough to go to sleep you have to be up for the midnight mass anyway yeah but it doesn't feel right to like watch a movie <laughs> or something like that um and so it's just a time for prayer and I experienced that as a seminarian here back in 2013 and also last year as a priest here and I just love that time. It's it's like this little silent night oasis. Um, it's like the Holy Saturday of December. Yeah, you know, like that. Just it is. waiting and hopeful. It's the you Holy know, Saturday yeah. of Christmas Eve. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we should like coin that phrase, become famous. I'll let you lead the way on that. I'll back you up though, maybe. on that we thank you guys Merry Christmas Um, on behalf of Father Paul Joey Scancella we just want to say Merry Christmas take care God bless